Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host, and we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have, he's back, Las Vegas, Nevada, formerly with Las Vegas Metro Police Department. Yes, Lieutenant Randy Sutton with the WoundedBlue.org. Also, uh, we have Lieutenant Bob Kroll from uh, Minneapolis. So, Thanks for being on the show, Bob. Uh, we appreciate that as well. And yes, she is back, Betsy Brantner-Smith. So, uh, Betsy, I appreciate you being back on the show, too. We love having you on it. And, of course, um, let's see, Betsy is with nationalpolice.org. It's a, uh, it's a, a, a 501c3 worthy of your, uh, of, your, uh, of your support, guys. And, hey, half the stories we end up talking about end up being you know, supported or they've got skin in the game. The, on your behalf at nationalpolice.org. So thanks so much, Betsy, for uh, for you and for what your your organization does. Um, so again, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, AUFire.com, GunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.live, and also a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com for caring the content and Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Dot com. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. Three of those are Facebook pages that belong to Red Voice Media. They have about a million followers on those three Facebook pages alone. So uh, thanks to Red Voice Media, Ray Dietrich, for helping make that happen. Uh, you know, uh, at the uh, just before the show started, you know, I, I, I love I love animals. And, you know, you look at the people on the on the uh, on the show and you think, well, like, let's just take Bob Kroll, for instance, you know, uh, Lieutenant Minneapolis Police Department, uh, the uh, the union boss. Right. I'm trying to get get the name that makes you sound tougher, Bob. Big guy. You're thinking, okay, he's going to have a substantial. If he got, he's a dog guy, he's going to have a substantial dog, right? And sure enough, blonde lab comes out. He's licking them all over his face. Something I love. I love labs. And and of course, they said like crazy, right? And here's another guy. Randy Sutton has shirts tailored. I'm wearing a Randy Sutton shirt, but it's not tailor made around my biceps like Randy. Yes, they had him let out the seam on the biceps. Huge guy. Great respect all over the country. And what's he got? You see cats running all over the desk and stuff. Randy, I got to say, I, I was expecting like at least like a little Frenchie, you know, like like a little uh, French bulldog or something in, 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 in your, your cat. But you heard, I heard on good authority that you actually got a dog uh, mixed in with all the cats. Is that correct? I mean, you know, the, the world wants to know. You know, especially our audio listeners, you know, I know they're, they're dying to hear about this. I do, and he is a ferocious Four pound Yorkie. <laughs> so do you have do you have piddle pads? My cat, my cat is bigger than my dog. Yeah. See, <laughs> Betsy knows where I'm going with this. Betsy, just out of curiosity, I, I got I gotta know because I know you're married uh you know to to uh Dave Smith. So I, I have to ask what kind of what kind of animals are in your in your household? We have three little rescue dogs, Chihuahua huh. mixes, and uh our rescue. little girl. Right, but they're named cool names. We got Kimber, we got Remington, and oh, we no got way. Sweet Sadie. Little Kimber <laughs> has a big crush on Rocky, uh, Randy's dog, and they have shared a hotel room. Oh, they have. Throw that out there. They have. Can we can we talk about what happened? At, no, I guess it, it was in Vegas. So no, we it, it was that. not in Vegas, and we're not talking about it. All right. Well, I, I judging from the size of Bob Kroll's dog, I would I would not plan on taking vacations together with your pets. Okay. He uh, he outweighs Randy's dog by ninety pounds. If, <laughs> if Randy's is four pounds, that's a that's Command Sergeant Major Kroll is his official name, but his friends call him Sarge. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's see that all of a sudden sheds a lot of light on the on the situation of the panel. 
And Chip, speaking of sergeants, I just want to note here that I'm here, Sergeant Smith, to help the two lieutenants make decisions today. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have to say from 30 years of experience, that's usually the way it goes. I mean, am I right? Am I right, Sergeant Betsy? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. So, all right. Well, look, we have a great lineup for you guys. Now, let's go ahead and start off. You know, I've, I've been holding some stuff um, from Minneapolis, and it, it does seem right or wrong that a lot of the stuff we talk about gets its start in in, in the suburbs of Minneapolis and just kind of like spreads across the country. Am I right or right or wrong on that? You know, so, the, so you don't even have to hold stuff, Chip. It's there every week. In, in Minneapolis has <laughs> ne become never-ending entertainment for the police world. So, so Bob was actually going to do a show a, a week or so ago, and there were some technical glitches that he was that prevented him from doing it. So, Bob, I got I got the whole list. I think you said that you wanted to go with the first one, and and on my list, I'm showing it to be Minneapolis, uh, the plan for the Minneapolis police chief. Is that what you wanted to talk about? Correct, because that'll wrap up one and three also on the on the Minneapolis list, if you will. Um, so let's yeah, start off ahead. with that one then. Well, they have a, a, they're unable to retain or recruit police officers in Minneapolis. The numbers went from nearly 900 down to just above 500, and they're losing uh, two for every one they gain. And they've tried to come up with an incentive plan. It was the chief and the mayor's brainchild that, uh, they wanted to uh, give an $18,000 a year retention bonus for current officers and a $15,000 signing bonus. And they put it to the city council and it was voted down by the city council. Um, so they're planning to recruit. And, they, you know, there's a nice write-up in law officer uh, by our friend Travis Yates who, who covers this. And, and the bottom line is if you're not going to support your police in any way, shape, or form in that city, all the money in the world isn't going to retain them. It's not going to retain them. It's not going to recruit them. If you're, if the back of their mind, every call they're on their way to prison. So that's that in a nutshell. It was up for, the story was a bit dated and it went and was voted down by the council. So that's kind of the twofer in, uh, in Minneapolis stories. You know, I'm kind of glad to hear it was voted down. I mean, at what, at what point do these jurisdictions actually get it? I mean, you know, now they're, they can't retain people before, you know, we, we know the cause of the root of the problem. It's almost like going to see a doctor that just wants to give you a drug. Hey, we're going to give you guys signing bonuses. We're going to increase your salary. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. They're not solving the root problem. They just exactly. want to, they just want to throw, throw stuff on it just to keep it, you know, so that you can keep getting bodies on there. And they're not cognizant of the fact that, yeah, well, these cops are going to get indicted and charged and, you know, they're, we're not going to back them up and they, they just forget the whole root of the problem. And, and people that assault them are not going to be charged by the county attorney, those types of things. Yeah, yeah. add that to it. Yeah. Randy, I mean, it's a little different out there in Las Vegas, I think. Yeah, we don't have the, the recruiting and retention problem that many police agencies have. But, you know, about Minneapolis, um, the, city, the, the city leadership is getting exactly what they want. They don't want the police there. So they have, in essence, defunded the police. And they're getting exactly what they want. They're, the, the fewer numbers of cops, they couldn't care less about the lives of the officers. They don't care about the, uh, the health, the welfare. They don't care about the, the uh, emotional uh, well-being of these officers, nor the physical well-being. So they're getting exactly what they want, a, a lawless city that, uh, that, that where essentially um, the police are, are, uh, have, have been rendered ineffective. That's exactly yeah. what they're looking for. And Randy's right on. He's spot on. Now, now, Randy, don't don't mute just yet. You, um, Las Vegas is metro, so they combine the sheriff's office with the city PD. 
and and there are metro. What what is the size of your of your police department there now? The metro um, metro. Uh, metro is the the fifth largest police department in the country. Um, I think there's about uh, we're, we're we're getting up to about five thousand people. Okay, all right. So we got what thirty five thousand in uh, in in New York. I think L A. Uh, L A. is what around uh, seven thousand, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Well, New New York. New York is a whole nother story. They're defunding them too. Yeah, well, they um, used to be thirty-five thousand. I guess I should say so. They're, yeah, they're down, they're down to twenty-nine thousand, and they're gonna and they're about to lose uh, several thousand more. They're going to be at the lowest number of officers since the eighties. Same with Chicago. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's funny because I know Tampa. You know where I where I worked. Uh, it's about the same size as Minneapolis, so a thousand man police department. And uh, and and again in Tampa, of course, in Florida. You know, we're having, you know, from what I understand, just no retention problems at all. And a lot of, uh, uh, I call them repeat offenders, but a lot of, a lot of family members, you know, cops that have their children follow in their, in their family's footsteps. And we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of retire, retirees that have their kids on the police force. Even Captain Brett, you know, his son's, you know, killing it on the police department. Maybe that's a bad choice of words. Bad, bad, term, really bad term, bad term. Well, I hope we're going to talk about that story that you got cued about, the, the bill they're looking at in Florida the legislature. It's the best I've seen in ever coming up. On our, it's on our, it's on our uh, event well, list here. Are you talking about the civilian uh, review boards? Yes, yes. Well, why, well let's, let's go. That's a great, it's a perfect segue. So why don't we just go in and jump into that now? You know, at, at Law Officer, of course, Travis Yates' website, Florida bill aims to eliminate civilian review boards uh yeah great article so we're going to jump to tallahassee florida real quick law enforcement agencies abhor civilian review boards and that's actually true not because officers or deputies fear accountability but because the panels are largely constructed by activists who have a rudimentary uh, understanding of how the profession functions and that and that that's true too you got a lot of decision makers on there that are just uh they're out of their wheelhouse out of their expertise level uh board members typically lack experimental um, background to police work. If they possess a uh, educational resume, it's theoretical. You know, no hands-on stuff. It's, and it goes on to say that people seeking power on oversight board often have a predisposition uh, that is anti-police. Now they say that, and I have a little note here mentioning the Oakland, uh, their police review board. They openly recruit convicted felons for theirs. You know, and that's in Oakland, California. Now there's currently 21 civilian oversight agencies in cities that are across just Florida alone. In my state, according to a 2022 report, they're empowered to investigate complaints about law enforcement personnel, according to the Daytona Beach Review Journal. So they're investigating complaints about cops. Now, the state representative named uh, Wyman Dugan, and he's from Jacksonville, introduced a bill called HB, that's House Bill 601. It's titled Complaints Against Law Enforcement and Correctional Officers. So Corrections is also tagged in on this. It seeks to eliminate current civilian review, review boards and prohibit future Panels, so they're actually taking it one step further. If the bill passes in the uh, 2024 legislative session, which is next year, of course, allegations of misconduct against law enforcement personnel and corrections officers will be strictly investigated by the respective agencies. And for those smaller agencies that don't have the manpower to do that, the state will do it, which will be, in this case, the uh, FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. So, guys, we're going to talk about that in just one second. It's time for our first commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelists kept 
Captain Brett Bartlett always says they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't been to the new goals, and I say the new goals, I mean, they used to have these huge catalogs that went through the mail, uh, you know, early on. And now, of course, they've got way too much to stick in a catalog and they've got an online presence that's like second to none. So if you haven't checked out the new goals, it's at goals.com slash Leo. And hey, it's that time of year, Christmas time, and goals has gift cards. So if you have family, friends, and loved ones that are involved in law enforcement and even uh, firefighters, you know, or hose dragger uh, brethren, you know, get a gift card for them and they'll be your new best friend. So goals.com slash Leo. And of course, their uniform program is second to none. So go check it out while the gift cards are still available at goals.com slash Leo. Don't wait. Do it today. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about civilian complaint review boards. Yes. Uh, Betsy, why don't you start us off? Well, I got to tell you, this is a great law that's being proposed in Florida to eliminate these civilian review boards. You know, in Chicago, for example, they've had one for years, COPA, the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. And it's just been an unmitigated disaster, not only for the police department, but for the citizens of Chicago. You know, we always talk about this in law enforcement, uh, you know, because everybody wants to talk about all the people that we kill. 250,000 or more people die each year of medical mistakes. Who reviews those medical mistakes? Not a bunch of civilians who gather at the hospital to go, oh, what did the doctor do wrong? What did the nurse do wrong? You know, this is the problem is we, you know, and we always hear from the activists, you can't let the police police themselves. Each profession does that. They police themselves. They investigate themselves. And when we have a rare instance of criminal conduct by a police officer who investigates it, usually another law enforcement body, whether it's federal, state, whatever. But this is fantastic legislation, of course, coming out of uh pure red Florida. And I hope it catches on around the nation. Yeah. Beautiful. Bob Kroll. Are you, see, are see you how it's going to be, Randy? You get the attractive smart one on and she gets to steal all the thunder that we have and says it much better. Right. You, you did Betsy. So here's my take on it is, is, is from if I would never dream from evaluating someone's performance from my doctor to my plumber and nobody, everybody in between, I would never dream of sitting and evaluating if they've done their job right, because I know nothing about that job yet in policing. It's the only profession that they feel you have all the qualifications in the world to come and sit and, and evaluate what we do. We're professionals. Most of us have two year degrees to get there beyond and, and beyond that, all the training uh, that, you know, your skills courses and your academies and your ongoing training, this is professionals and it should be evaluated by professionals. <clears throat> and one step further, not only do they have activists that are, have unbiased or do they have citizens that have unbiased opinions on there and truly want to evaluate things, it's gone to just complete anti-police activists that are saying, let's bring that next cop in here so we can discipline him. It's out of control. It needs to be stopped. And this exemplifies why Florida does not have a recruitment or a retention problem where so many other places do. Yeah. I sure hope it passes. Well said. Randy. You know, there is uh, there are movements that have, that have, that have crossed this country that um, it's there, it's all about revenge against the police. It has nothing to do with reform. I keep on hearing that that word reform. It's not about reforming. It's about revenge against law enforcement. And and uh, we we see the uh, the unmitigated disaster 
um, when it comes down to the exact this this is a perfect example of why recruitment and retention are so tough in in cities like Chicago and Los Angeles. Los Angeles has one of the most insane you know uh, 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 reform movements anywhere in the country. In fact, I just I can't believe what just happened in Los Angeles. They just graduated the first class of non-citizens, non-citizens carrying guns. I don't even know how it's possible, but it shows you the insanity that is taking place. And of course, what's happening? Uh, you put the people into positions of authority that 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 don't have the the uh, the goods, if you will, to do things effectively, and it just damages more and more the morale and and affects the retention and recruitment. Well, and not only does it damage law enforcement, it's damaging the nation. You know, the New York Post just came out with a great study comparing crime in New York, but also around the country from 2019 to now 2022. And of course, crimes, you know, out of control. This was not just an attack on law enforcement uh, in 2020 and beyond. This was an attack on our entire criminal justice system and not only are cops paying for it, but our citizens, the citizens that we all swore an oath to protect and serve. It's its going to destroy this nation if we don't get a handle on it. Hey, hey Betsy, while we're at it, I know you're with nationalpolice.org. Can you just whet the appetite for our, our users and, and, and viewers, just tell them about what you guys are involved in and what they can do that, to, uh, to get involved and, and go to bed at night and, and, and feel really good about themselves by getting involved with nationalpolice.org? I, Chip, I so appreciate that. We're we're a a five hundred one c three that brings attention, national attention, to the anti police efforts that are challenging all of us around this country. We do legal filings. You know, we file amicus briefs. Um, they send me out there in the media. We have a, a, a cable show and a podcast. We have a fantastic newsletter, a free newsletter that you can sign up for at nationalpolice.org. And you can also go to nationalpolice.org, sign up for that you know monthly donation or a one-time donation. This is the time of year. Everybody wants to find a charity. And uh, we're, we're a really, really good one. We are trying to affect not just the lives of law enforcement officers, but the citizens who support and who need them. Excellent. Nationalpolice.org, guys. Don't forget that name. And uh, yeah, go there. Don't don't wait. Go there before you forget. And uh, they, they could really use your support as well. So uh, thanks, Betsy. Hey, uh, we've got about a minute and a half before our second commercial break, which will take us to the uh, bottom of the hour. And I, I Bob, I have another article. And, and I'm going to go in and just kind of jump around. I normally would go to a story with a video component, but let's let's I just can't stand it. Let's jump. Let's go to Portland. I mean, where, where else? You know, what, what better place to go to, at least at this stage in our conversation than Portland? So on Police One, they have a story titled Portland Citizens Are Dissatisfied, if you can imagine that, with the city's direction of public safety. Uh, this is what a police union poll revealed. So, uh, and of course, look, uh, I worked with the union in my last six years. Uh, Bob was uh, with the union in Minneapolis, I think, for decades and served as the uh, as the president. But in Portland, about two-thirds of Portland voters say that the city is on the wrong track. And more than half would leave if they could afford to, according to a new poll commissioned by the Portland Police Union. 68% of people surveyed said the city is losing what made it special, with only about one in five voters saying the city's best days lie ahead. And the results paint a picture of a largely downcast electorate preoccupied with crime, homelessness, and drugs. Now, it is the Portland Police Association that we're talking about. 
Um, guys, when we come back, I'm going to go over some stats, including uh, police, ac police accountability boards, which is what we've been talking about. Stay, stay tuned to this, and we'll be right back. Guys, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of actually getting it wrong? Say hello to BlueTheGold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to BlueTheGold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, they're talking about planes, trains, and automobiles, and you can sign up at BlueTheGold.com. So join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. BlueTheGold.com. So, hey, let's talk about AU Fire. It stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's at AUFire.com. It's the gold standard in tactical simulation. For the first time ever, agencies and LEOs can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in their dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wondered how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to AUFire.com. Go to this website, check out the cool videos, learn about the product, AUFire.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about a uh, a union, union survey that was on Police One in Portland. Portland citizens dissatisfied with the city's direction and the public safety, uh, according to a police union poll. And I was going over some of the stats, so listen to some of this stuff. So according to the results, 74%, now, 74%, that's three-quarters worried that they or their family members will become crime victims. Can you imagine living somewhere where this is actually something you worry about? An overwhelming number, nearly 90%, that's nine zero percent say they're dissatisfied with the state of public safety in Portland. 71% said the city needs more police officers. Imagine that. Nearly 80% said that crime was increased um, through Mayor uh, Ted Wheeler. But, of course, he's saying that crime across most categories has actually declined over the last year. So imagine that. Mayor saying one thing and the citizens saying something else. The survey uh, pro-public sentiment uh, regarding the Portland Accountability Commission. Uh-huh. Here we go. So in 2020, Portland voters overwhelmingly approved a ballot measure creating a police oversight board with greater powers uh, to hold officers accountable. Scary. The, the uh, proposal called for a civilian-run police oversight commission that would investigate all complaints of officer misconduct. They would also impose discipline when appropriate. Wow. The Portland City Council last month, though, they voted to accept a stripped-down version that eliminated the commission's ability to hold public investigative hearings, and it reduced the number of people that are on the commission from 33 down to 21. Okay, wow. The union wants the city council to refer the accountability measure back to the voters. And I, and I, and I will say that Voters aren't necessarily more educated on this stuff than anyone else, right? So I'm, I'm kind of, they still don't get it. You know, they're going to let other people that are uninformed about it make the decision whether they should do it that way or not. But uh, it's just Portland. I mean, Betsy, I know you're probably packing your bags right now and thinking about moving there, but I, I want you, I want to caution you to go ahead and hold that thought. So I want to say, first of all, that uh, my husband, J.D. Buck Savage, was born in Portland. Oh, and uh, so we, we visit it. Uh, we have visited it frequently. We have trained there for decades. Wow. And uh, my brother-in-law was just there a couple of weeks ago. And it is just, the city has been destroyed. And it's so sad. And, you know, Ted Wheeler, uh, who is just an abject failure as a mayor, um, he talks about crime being down. That's because starting in 2021, they had record homicides in Portland. Let's not forget that in Portland, Oregon, Prior to 2020, they were the epicenter of the war on cops. Remember, they were nailing the front door of the federal courthouse shut. They were trying to burn down the ICE office. 
And, uh, and it is, it, you know, we all forget about that, but they are the epicenter of the anti-cop, anti-criminal justice movement in this city. And now the people of Portland have finally caught up because businesses are closing, people are moving. And this, the city, which was once kind of a fun, kooky city is, uh, now just an abject, uh, drug infested crap show. Wow. But th- wow. this has happened, you know, when do the people wake up? Because this happens in city after city. And you're right, Betsy, Portland has been ahead of the curve. But then you can throw in Seattle. You can throw in, pick a major city in California, Tulsa, Minneapolis, Chicago. It's the same story. And the voters in Minneapolis last time, they doubled down. Um, fortunately, you know, they, they rolled out the first civilian review authority in Minneapolis in about 1991. I remember, I don't remember specifically the year, but I think it was 91. And at least all those years that they've modified it and tweaked it here and here, because guess what? Cops were not getting disciplined because at the end of the day, they weren't doing anything wrong. And it made it very difficult for these people. And then they would say they'd get a, a, an eyeful or an earful of what happened. And then they'd leave that board. They go, well, this isn't coming out the way I want. I'm not getting all these dirty cops. They transition off and new activists take their place. But the one thing Minneapolis did right those years is retain the discipline authority to the uh, the chief of police or his designee. The the uh, they've been fighting forever to have the authority to discipline, and so far Minneapolis has maintained that within the chief's office. But we've got such watered down versions of chiefs. That's probably a moot point at this point anyway. But back in the day, I remember our chief standing up and saying, "No, I've investigated. I've, I've reviewed this investigation." The officers did nothing wrong, and I can't in good faith discipline them when they didn't do nothing wrong. And I might be speaking from personal experience on that one. Uh, <laughs> he refused to discipline me one time when they wanted a five-day suspension, and he said no. But they've taken more and more power away from the police department and given it to the activists. And the bottom line is the citizens in these cities suffer for it. Wow. Well, Randy, what do you have? what can you add on that? So I had, um, I, during the, the riots, the, literally, the, the Portland police were under siege for well over a year, every single night. Right. It was a complete war zone. I actually went up there and dressed up like an Antifa moron <laughs> and, uh, and actually infiltrated and walked around and, and, uh, and, and did some recording of, uh, of, of the antics of these, of these idiots. And I got to tell you, it was frightening. It was frightening what what uh, what I observed there. And then I had the opportunity to talk to a number of Portland police officers. And I got to tell you, Portland cops are really they're more they are were one of the best agencies in the United States. Their training, their dedication. I talked to cops up there that literally were heartbroken because they their their service was being uh, destroyed by the by the politicians and what they allowed to take place these officers were getting injured every single night they were getting attacked and and the and the district attorney up there refused absolutely refused to prosecute anybody for attacking the police and as a result they lost a tremendous amount of really really good cops and they have they have just destroyed that police that police agency that was once so proud you know, when Dave and I were with uh, police.com's video unit, we would go up to Portland and uh, that was one of the places that we would 
uh, film training segments because their training staff and their personnel are so incredibly professional. And of course, another one of those agencies, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, so many of these agencies that we hear in the media, same thing with Seattle. You know, we hear, oh, they're thugs, they're this or that. In reality, they're some of the best educated, most highly trained, uh, most professional or uh, police organizations in this country. And, uh, you know, we've allowed a tiny percentage of activists and politicians and the media to continue to malign and attack these professional organizations. And they've brought in leadership so often in these organizations that do nothing uh, to help support the good reputations of those organizations. Yeah, this is exactly the information that we need to get out there. I always say that, you know, the goal is just try to make the people that watch the show among the smartest people in the room. You know, when we're dealing about the news and the issues, at, at least from a, a Leo perspective, and, and you guys are absolutely spot on. This is stuff that they're hearing nowhere else, but it, but you guys are the authority. So I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So thanks so much. Um, there is a there is a, something else I'm going to take out of order because I've been wanting to cover this. And it's at rumble.com. It's our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. And look for our, our audio listeners that are watching us on, or I say watch us on podcast and radio. They're listening to us on podcast and radio. Uh, we'll describe in great detail what's going on for anything with a video component. And then we're getting ready to do that right now. Stay loyal to your podcast, your radio station that's bringing you this good quality content. And because uh, we'll describe it in great detail. But if you really have to watch it, the very next day, we take this uh, live video show and we'll professionally produce it. Producer Will puts in all the videos that we talk about, pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. And at 9 o'clock the following morning, Tuesday through Saturday, we put this on a Rumble channel, so it makes for a great way to watch the show. So the title of this, with two minutes left before our last commercial break, LAPD released a body cam of a stabbing suspect who actually fatally stabs himself before he ends up being arrested. Hey, hands up, sir. Hey, suspect had a knife on his right hand. He still has a knife. He still has a knife. He's wearing a black sweater. He fell down to the bed right now. It was about a 10 inches, like a big, like, it's a big knife. Hey, put the knife down. 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 Now, people that haven't been in law enforcement probably don't understand that it's very difficult for someone to stab themselves to death. I mean, I hate to even say that, but but most people you have has there's a reason why they call them hesitation marks because people just don't normally follow through follow through on suicides. They might slice their wrist or something, but people that actually stab themselves, you don't see that a lot. Um, it, it's very unusual, but not in this particular case. So on October the 26th um, at 3.45 p.m., LAPD, so we're in California, it probably doesn't shock a lot of people, but Central Division, uniform officers, they're flagged down for a stabbing. So responding officers, they uh, discovered a victim of a stabbing, and they're subsequently directed to the fourth floor of an apartment building. So the victim of the stabbing is not the guy we're, we're talking about. It's a victim that, that he took his stuff out on. So they go to the fourth floor, and there's the suspect, Lock Dong, 67 years old, 
Um, it's got an Asian name, and that's where he was last seen. So as officers arrived on the fourth floor, they encountered an additional victim of the stabbing. So now we got two people down, and officers determined the suspect is possibly located in the apartment on the fourth level. So as a team of officers assembled and they do a door knock of the apartment, the suspect emerges from the front door. He's armed with a large kitchen knife, and he begins to advance towards the officer. So, of course, we're in California. So, remember, they're doing that um, that necessary standard as opposed to doing the absolute. Um, so, anyhow, they're hitting them with 40 millimeter less lethal launchers and tasers and all kinds of stuff, which is ineffective. And then uh, the suspect repeatedly asks the officers to kill him. Now, look, this is about to get really, really interesting, guys. Stick with us. Last commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, competent, and accurate certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. It's GunLearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live in the Boss Dog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. I saw Betsy's head bob into the uh, intro music. I like that. And and before Betsy corrects me, I I did say that California was on the on the uh, necessary standard, and I said that every, everybody else was like the absolute standard. But I really should. I meant to say the reasonable standard. So I just, I know, I know she's waiting there, waiting there to jump in and like correct me. So I just thought I'd do that before I embarrass myself any further. So, but uh, in talking about this guy, um, I'm going to call him, he's a bad guy because he's already, we already have two victims down that he stabbed. This is before he hasn't even stabbed himself yet. And of course, being the whole necessary standard in California, they're hitting him with everything, you know, 40 millimeter less lethal launchers and they're discharged three tasers in probe mode. You know, they're very descriptive on this article. Love it. And uh, so they have limited to no effect on our bad guy. So the suspect repeatedly asked the officers to kill him. So this gives you his mindset, suicide by cop. After the final taser probe is fired at the suspect, which did not really work, he begins to stab himself. And you're thinking, I'm not talking about hesitation marks on like the wrist. This dude is doing it in the abdomen area. It almost looks like the chest area when you're watching a video. The suspect falls to the floor, is taken into custody without further incident. So we call the uh, L.A. Fire Department in. The medics are there working on on our uh, on our bad guy and the two stabbing victims as well. Take them to the hospital, and so uh, one of the stabbing sus- uh, victims succumbs to their injuries, pronounced dead. The additional stabbing victim remained in the hospital, was in critical condition, and the 10-inch fixed blade with a black handle was recovered and booked as evidence. And of course, our guy that stabbed himself ended up dying. So uh, it's like uh, two people dead, one victim was in critical condition at the end of this story. So. Um, uh, Betsy, I, you're you're on your A game today. Go ahead, tear it up. Well, I tell you, I encourage everybody when you watch this video. I want you to see the professionalism of those officers. This is an an incredibly chaotic situation, you know, and they're in a very enclosed area in a in a an apartment complex, and uh, and they do everything they can to not kill this guy with a knife. 
And, uh, and they, uh, once he goes down, once, you know, once he starts stabbing himself and, and, uh, and he goes down, they bring in, you know, they have their arrest team come in, they show incredible discipline and they were trying like hell. Remember this was a stabbing in progress reported. They tried to save those other two victims. They did indeed save one, one succumbed to his injuries. I'm going to suspect that illegal drugs were involved, but Hey, that's just me. And, uh, and, but you know, hats off to the cops for, uh, for trying like heck to do a damn fine job. Yeah. I, I remember a call I was on where the guy wouldn't answer the door of the house. He has all the lights on. It's at nighttime. I'm looking through a window and he sits down at a table. He knows I'm looking at him and I'm in uniform. It was a uniform call. And he just starts slicing his wrist and just like, and then blood starts. But so we kick in the door and we actually saved his life. Um, but can you imagine being the, the victims getting worked on by paramedics? And then you got this loser next to you. That's also getting worked on as well. Um, you know, I, I've been in the hospital before where I've had the guy that put me there also, you know, we're side by side on tables getting worked on. It's just like, you know, kind of a, it's a weird feeling thinking that, yeah, the guy that put me here is laying right next to me getting worked on too. You know, I, it's, you're, you're hoping you get a little bit more attention than they're giving the bad guy in those situations. But, uh, um, any other commentary on this? It's just a wild, it's a wild video. Cause you know, I've never seen one like this. It's just crazy. Randy, any flashbacks from anything that you were involved in that you can talk about? Happy ending. Happy ending. It was a happy ending. Yes, it was a happy ending. Yeah. He took he took care of he took care of the issue. Yeah. I wish I wish more would do that. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, this guy was on a mission. I mean, he forties didn't put him down, taser didn't put him down. He just kept boom, boom, boom. You know, this guy was determined. And fortunately, the guys the, the the cops didn't do it for the guy. Yeah. Well. You know, let's go no further than for our next story than uh, than St. Paul. You know, so let's get in Bob Kroll's neck of the woods again. So at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel, this is Butter. So we've got uh, the agency, and it was the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. So BCA released body cam footage of a St. Paul shootout that kills Brandon Keys, but it also injures a police officer as well. On the ground. On the ground. On the ground. Under the Salem Bridge. Shots fired. 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 Shots On the ground! On the ground! Oh, fuck. Shots fired! Shots fired! Both of you, shots fired! I'm hit! Shots fired, one head. Where is he? Get out of the way! Get out of the way! Get out of the way! One three eight, I'm hit. Send me medics. I'm not caught for yet, though. Get so yeah, we have the uh, body cam footage it, um, of a deadly shootout last week between St. Paul Police and this Maplewood man, uh, and it was released by you know uh, BCA. Tuesday afternoon. So Brandon Keys, our bad guy, 24 years old. You know, all these 
bad guys are young, strapping guys, 24 years old, these young guys. You know, I always say bad guys are always 18 to 21 normally while we all, you know, get older on the job, right? But they, they're bad guys or children of bad guys that we used to deal with. I mean, there's whole generations of them back to back. So Brandon Keyes, 24 years old, he died one day after he was shot in the head by Officer Michael Presida. Now, police say that Keyes opened fire on officers near the University of St. Thomas campus. Now, Officer Presida suffered a gunshot wound to the leg during this encounter. He was treated, released from the hospital hours later, and no one else ended up being hurt, um, except for the bad guy. And now, police say that before the shooting, a driver had called 911 to report that she's being followed by this guy, and she actually had a protection order out against him. She also said that he's ramming into her car, and he had broken out a window. This is a serious call, guys, and this stuff actually does happen. Officers uh, were called to the gas station uh, where the uh, this deadly confrontation occurred at. The suspect fired towards the officers with a handgun and actually ended up striking Tresita in the lower leg. The officer returned fire, striking the, the, uh, the bad guy and critically injuring him. Dynamic video, officers out of his car. You actually see at the end of the video our officer shot in the leg, hopping around. But, dude, this guy is still engaged. Our cop was a real badass because he's still engaged, has his gun on the bad guy, protecting not just himself but everybody else. This is a, a, a intersection. A lot of cars, a lot of innocents are there, and, and the cop is still taking care of business while he's bleeding out of a leg he can't even walk on. It was a pretty impressive video, I thought, and uh, in Bob Crow's neck of the woods. Bob? Yeah, let's start with the copper. I, I don't know him. Obviously, Minneapolis and St. Paul, there's a lot of carryover. I know a ton of people there. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. And this isn't the first encounter. I saw another photo of a guy had to drop on him, gun pointed right in his face, and his gun is in his holster. And he ended up taking that guy out, too. So this guy is just a stone-cold cop. I mean, he is, he is what everyone aspires to be. Um, it, he's responds to this alone. And um, the guy immediately starts shooting at him. He counters. It's a headshot that he takes the guy out with. And as you see the lady run back in, of course, that's the initial victim, the caller that interferes and will not. When you, when you get, watch the video, she will not get away. And he's saying, saying, lady, get out of there so I can treat him. Get out of there so I can treat him. She won't move. And, and uh, she's hovering over the guy that she actually called 911 on and will not clear the scene to allow him to do first aid. But uh, it was just one hell of a job all the way around by the officer. Agreed. Agreed. Um, if there's nobody else, you know what I would like to do? You know, um, Bob, you're getting a lot of, right? you and your, your wife, Liz Collin, are getting a lot of exposure, you know, on the, the stuff from uh, Minneapolis. The, the lieexposed.com, um, they're lying the book, uh, and I had the Kindle version that I read, and it was just, a, my wife's getting ready to read it, actually. And, uh, and then, of course, they're lying the movie, but, of course, The Fall of Minneapolis, I, I watched the film. It was an excellent one. And you know what? I get angry when I when I read the book because of all the lies and the information that just didn't get out. That they, but it wasn't because it just didn't get out. They purposely were trying to keep it from people. Now there's a attorney named Jeff Childers that I follow up in Gainesville, Florida. He has a publication called um, it is um, Coffee and COVID at CoffeeandCovid.com, and they actually were talking about the fall of Minneapolis, and he was talking about doing getting his his thousands and thousands of users to send. Uh, Liz Collin money to support the venture for the film and stuff, which I thought was just a great gesture. Uh, but uh, what can you tell us? We got a, a minute left before um, we're going to talk about the Wounded Blue, but what can you tell us about the uh, about what you have going on there? 
Well, the, the fall of Minneapolis has been extremely well received. They've had over 5 million views in just a couple of weeks that it's been released. Uh, it's for free. You can get it on Rumble, our favorite channel. You can get it on YouTube. We're surprising that they have not shut it down. But it's all fact-based. It reveals the truth. It exposes the, the fraud that occurred. Um, and it, the movie's so good, I ended up on the cutting room floor. They left me out of it entirely. I shot for it. Shot an hour that day, and they they said, "Forget it. We don't want you." But it's based on the book. Uh, they're lying. The media, the left, and the death of George Floyd by my wife Liz Collin, and uh, it's it's two wonderful things that expose the fraud for what it was. Excellent, guys. Highly recommend you guys. If you guys want to be the most informed people in the room, be ready to be angry, but you're going to be armed with a lot of information that most people just simply don't know because they only follow. Um, you know, the, the left media sources. So, um, so please check it out. Yeah. yeah. And can I encourage everybody listening to this? Who's in law enforcement or was to get your civilian friends to watch that movie. That's how we're going to spread the word. Good point. Good point. Hey, uh, Randy Sutton, the wounded blue at the wounded The floor is yours. Just see, leave me 15 seconds at the end. And, uh, well, okay. The wounded blue is doing some amazing things. For Christmas, we're making Christmas happen for a number of injured police officers' families. We need the help of all the people who are watching this right now to help us help these heroes. Go to thewoundedblue.org. If you don't know about us, check out the website, see who we are, see what we do. Hit that donate button. Give 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do. If you want to become a sponsor, of the wounded blue the wounded and what we do.org. Goals, aufire.com, gunler.com, blue the gold.com, on medicare.live, uh, the free press of Tampa, fp.com, redvoicemedia.com. Thanks for the support. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. <laughs>